0: never before have air horns been so powerful. An impressive display of civil disobedience to our north. Demonized, of course, because it doesn't fit the official narrative. Welcome to the show tonight. I'm Rob Schmidt. In tonight for Greg Kelly, of course. The truckers in Canada are being demonized by the left-wing machine. Politicians, the media, even the prime minister against them. They're the underdogs. Winning this fight will be next to impossible for them And right now, somehow, they are doing it. What's interesting, though, is that they're fighting against a mandated vaccine at a time when the efficacy of that vaccine is highly questionable. We've all watched as the COVID vaccine went from being your ticket to a normal life to little more than a good therapeutic to prevent a severe case of COVID-19. We watched as the vaccine changed from the end of the pandemic to three shots that don't even earn you the right to throw away your mask. The problem is... As we see the reality of the vaccine shortcomings prove this trucker protest to be extremely valid, Justin Trudeau knows he can't give in. So in Canada tonight, we have a Mexican standoff. The people in power simply don't care if they're wrong. They want obedience. When you're running a large population of people, individual freedom can be a real nuisance, which is why most of the people in the world don't live free. The message from Trudeau is... So what if the vaccine doesn't stop the spread, which is the only reason it's mandated on truckers to begin with? So what? Just get it anyway and shut up. And trust when we say that this protest has become a very big deal. These big rig drivers have shut down the Canadian side of one of the busiest bridges at our northern border, essentially blockading the Ambassador Bridge to Detroit. The result was this. Tractor trailers backed up for miles on our side of the border at the nearby Blue Water Bridge that crosses into Ontario. It's a crucial supply route for America's auto industry. The impacts will be felt. The truckers are making a statement, an important statement, that's not being made emphatically enough here in the United States. Everybody's sick of these mandates. We're sick of the lockdowns. They don't work, as we know. Look at the numbers, Biden versus Trump, on deaths in this country and hospitalizations. And after two years of this, people are not going to take this anymore. At least the Canadian truckers are not. But instead of compassion and understanding, Justin Trudeau, the weenie that he is, just screams racism, because that always seems to work. Individuals are trying to blockade
1: our economy, our democracy, and our fellow citizens' daily lives. It has to stop. The people of Ottawa, don't deserve to be harassed in their own neighborhoods. They don't deserve to be confronted with the inherent violence of a swastika flying on a street corner or a confederate flag.
0: <laughs> Prime Minister Blackface there screaming racism. <laughs> it's just too good. So far we have seen one swastika. One. Here it is. There's three different photos. It's the same person. And just about everybody has said that that guy with the swastika is not part of the demonstration. Wouldn't it be funny if he was actually a liberal that went in there just to screw things up for them? You could see that happen. Remember 2020, the summer of Black Lives Matter? Nobody branded the movement as anti-Semitic just because this guy showed up to a rally in Baltimore with a swastika. In fact, they ignored much greater atrocities by BLM and celebrated the movement as our cities burned down, of course. You heard Trudeau say the demonstration has to stop. Libs here in the United States are saying the same thing, even as the dam is breaking on COVID here domestically. This isn't even really about COVID, though. It's about control. And the left is now fully in compliance with government control, because in the United States and in Canada, the government right now is run by their preferred politicians. So we all must comply with government. See how that works? How weak and spineless they've become, these liberals, once so suspicious of big government and major corporations, now proudly and blindly supporting our massive and growing government and its best partner in Pfizer. Liberals whining that the noise and the traffic jams simply taking it too far. The media using its favorite new term to describe all of this.
1: Sedition, insurrection, a threat to democracy. This
2: city is under siege. They are now calling it an occupation.
1: Alarming situation there in Ottawa. The
2: police chief is calling it a nationwide insurrection. Driven by madness.
1: This is kind of our insurrection by air horn moment. It's, I think it's part of the globalization of Trumpism.
2: Residents say they feel like hostages. Residents in that area say that they are being held hostage, that this freedom has essentially this
0: freedom convoy, as they call it, has essentially imposed a lockdown on them. God, the media sucks. <laughs> the media really sucks. It is an insurrection, as they say. Yeah, Right an attempt to overthrow the government by blocking traffic and beeping horns. Horns. It reminds me of another insurrection they talk about a lot. It's a lot of nonsense. That type of language, the word insurrection, though, leads to scenes like this.
3: What did he do wrong? Not of your budget concern, man. What do you mean?
4: Where
2: are you, going? Hey, where are you, going? you have the right of freedom of choice of you have the right to beep your horn or whatever why are you doing this because it's an
3: offense of it's what? an offense to beep your noise well, hey hey that's assault what's your name and badge number
0: something else what's isn't it watching something, something like this at the end of the day they get their paycheck from the government they're going to do what they're told How sad is that to see? That's a 72-year-old man right there in Ottawa being arrested after he beeped his car horn in support of the truckers, and he gets treated like that. How pathetic is that video to watch? How scary to see just how fast government can turn on the people. It happens that fast. Freedom is very delicate. Let's go back. To acceptable forms of protest, just for a second, though, because there are so many acceptable protests out there, just not this one. You know, the ones in support of left-wing causes. Those are always fine. Remember Occupy Wall Street here in New York, what that did to New York City, lower Manhattan? Nobody called that an insurrection. There it is right there. I mean, all of downtown, all the way up to the, the federal court building, throughout financial district. It was a disaster. Nobody cared. How about the CHAZ or the CHOP or whatever the hell that zone was called in Seattle? George Floyd demonstrators took over a chunk of a major city. They just took over part of a city, took over part of this country, and they declared it an autonomous zone free from police or any government authority. They just did that. They did the same thing in Portland. They took over neighborhoods and said, this is ours now, and the cops can't come in. And the media covered it. They didn't admonish it. They just covered it. Oh, this this is this is a protest. And it's, it's, it's a good cause because, you know, it was their cause. And saying anything negative about it would make their party of choice look bad because it was a liberal cause. It was a far-left radical cause. How many animal rights or immigrant, immigrant protests have we seen where highways are blocked, clowns like this laying down? What, what was that? I don't even know what kind of animal that was. This kind of stuff barely makes the news. Barely makes the local news. It's all about political affiliation, though. It's because these are liberal causes. Nobody cares. And, of course, you can loot and riot and burn things down, burn down buildings, block traffic, make all the noise you want. If you're talking about how awful white people in the United States are, as long as you have a Black Lives Matter flag as well. That is fine. You can do that for months. And you get cheered on by the media. Remember how BLM was framed. I want to be clear in how I characterize
4: this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it, is not, uh, it is not generally speaking unruly.
0: Thanks, Ali. Good perspective. Flames, death, destruction, peaceful protest. Thousands of blue-collar workers sitting in their trucks gathering to make their voices heard about draconian policies that don't work. Insurrection, of course. So what's the big difference? Well, one local councilwoman in Ottawa let the cat out of the bag and only a few of us actually picked up on it. Listen close.
2: This is not something this country has ever seen before. I understand Mark uh, Carney referred to it as sedition today. I think that's exactly what it is. This is treason. This is way bigger. This is a group of well-polished professional people that are trying to overthrow the gun The government of democratically elected government of this country, it's really an insurrection. It's a it's an attack on our democracy. It's an attack on our federal government. It has a lot of international elements to it. The money is flowing from the U.S. Um, This is right out of the Trump playbook.
0: Scared little lib in Canada. And there you have it. Trump derangement syndrome has officially crossed, into, crossed the border into Canada, I should say. Now, there's definitely some support for President Trump in that crowd. We've seen a few of the randomly floating around flags here and there in the demonstrations. But when they say the name Trump, they're not just talking about the man. They're talking about what all of this kind of stands for. And as Hillary Clinton said, you can't be a good person if you support Donald Trump. You can put
5: half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables,
2: (laughs) right? The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it.
0: Good old Hillary. How fun was it watching her lose that election? Well, Canada heard you, Hillary. Anyone that doesn't support the ultra-woke progressive agenda is a low-class white supremacist. If you're not ready to wear that mask and get vaccinated for the rest of your life, a booster shot every four months until you die, you're a white supremacist. So is it any surprise that Justin Trudeau wants to silence any hint of Trump ideology before it catches on in his country? And we really shouldn't be surprised by the suppression. Did you know that Justin Trudeau had a bromance with Cuba's strongman Fidel Castro, communist dictator, all around horrific human being. One of the most notorious dictators in history was somewhat of a role model for Justin Trudeau. Can you believe that? Here they are together at a funeral for Trudeau's father. You can see in some parts of this video, you'll see that. I believe it's right there, is that the hug? Apparently his father was a close friend of Fidel. And it all makes sense now, because I mean, look at Cuba. You're not allowed to say anything bad about the government. You're not allowed to protest. Nothing will kill you. And he didn't pull any punches when Castro passed away. While most of the world was celebrating the end of a ruthless authoritarian regime in Cuba, and it didn't end; it just passed on to Castro's brother. But it was the end of an era for one of the worst people that's ever walked the face of the earth. Justin Trudeau, though, turned on the charm. "Quote." It is with deep sorrow that I learned today of the death of Cuba's longest-serving president. Fidel Castro was a larger-than-life leader who served his people for almost a half a century, a legendary revolutionary in order. Mr. Castro made significant improvements to the health or the education and health care of his island nation. On behalf of all Canadians, Sophie and I offer our deepest condolences to the family, friends, and many, many supporters of Mr. Castro. We join the people of Cuba today in mourning the loss of this remarkable leader. That is horrifying. Justin Trudeau is a garbage can and a wonderful insight into just how stupid he is right there. Just a black faced party animal who jumped into the prime minister role, thanks to his powerful daddy who did the same job back in the 80s. Thanks, dad. If he ever visited Cuba, and who knows if he ever did, you know Justin Trudeau and daddy got the ambassador treatment. I've actually personally been to the real Cuba. It's nothing but poverty and hopelessness. It is an entire nation of that. And there are a few rich people that all hang out around the Castros and they have everything they want and everybody else has nothing. You get a, a pound of rice and five pounds of beans every week and that's about it. And people who'd give anything to leave is what Cuba is full of. Anything to get out. They'd give anything. Castro took a very familiar path to power. He screamed about inequality. Notice the similarities to what we're hearing now in this country. He screamed about inequality took power, and made everyone equally impoverished. That was his great gift to Cuba. And any wealth that was created stayed right in his own pocket. Justin Trudeau doesn't know this because he doesn't know anything about the real world. He's a phony, spoiled, rich kid. He's a limousine liberal. He's a clown. And he's showing his true colors more and more every single day. What an embarrassment to Canada he is. We're going to speak with uh, not one, but two of these courageous truckers, And they have a surprise in store for this country on Super Bowl Sunday. That's coming up next. Stay tuned.
5: Hey, I'm Rob Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view? And it's actually funny. You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app, and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com podcasts for other platforms. Something's come.
0: All right. Welcome back. Two Canadian truckers, Igor Kilabarda and Mike Turner, who've been part of the Freedom Convoy in Canada, are here to join us now. Uh, Igor and Mike, gentlemen, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. I can see some lights flashing behind you guys. Just, just paint a picture for us right now of the situation.
2: Well, I just want to thank you guys for supporting us because we felt alone for a long time. And having the support of the USA like this, this is phenomenal. And... Yeah, I just I,
0: there's support
2: everywhere, and yeah. this is just amazing. I can't get over the support. It, it just keeps pouring well, in and pouring.
0: You got a lot of it here in this country. Where are you guys located right now? And, and, and just kind of tell us how, how the situation is tonight.
3: Well, we're located uh, downtown Ottawa. Okay. Uh, we've been here for about 13 days now. Uh, we're just uh, sitting here and waiting for the government to respond back and say something um, they haven't said anything. Uh, they just been pushing against us the whole time, and uh, media has been uh, horrible since day one. Yeah. There's just been, uh, you know, all lies about what's going on here. Uh, it's basically everything's peaceful since the day one. There hasn't been any issues with anybody, um, you know. But uh, they, they're not, uh, they're not showing that. Yeah. Our your your prime, your prime
0: minister, your prime minister says that you, you guys are racist, white supremacist crazy fringe people. Does that describe it? I don't even you? know what to I don't even know what to say about that, right? Like
3: whoever's been here, they know what's actually going on. And for him to paint that kind of picture is just sickening. Uh with uh talking about the Confederate flag and talking about the Nazi flag. And I've been here 13 days. I haven't seen any of those. Um yeah. so somebody must have been there in a crowd and for a couple of minutes, obviously with the reason to paint a picture that they did. And uh, that's about it. Like, nobody supports uh, any of that here. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Mike, I, I want to ask, you know, the Ottawa police said they would arrest anybody bringing fuel to you guys. Uh, but we're, we're still seeing people that are doing that. Um, what, what other tactics are they trying to use to end this thing that you've seen?
2: I I think they're going to just keep bringing fuel. There's people willing to get arrested for it. It's just, you know, Look at that. like... How can they stop it? There's so many people bringing fuel, so many people trying to help
3: out. and We we feel like the whole country is standing behind us. As you can see there, people are just carrying uh, empty cans around just to uh, create confusion. Um, So basically, you just see a picture of uh, all these people supporting us. And that's why we're here. If, If we didn't get all that support from the locals here, we wouldn't be here.
0: We we played earlier, you know, a a lot of the media calling this an insurrection. Uh, Would you guys say that you're trying to overthrow the Canadian government?
3: Nobody's here for that reason. The only reason we are here for is uh, to get rid of these mandates and get all of us back to normal. Everybody's sick of this. Everybody wants to get back to normal life. We're not here to overthrow anybody. We just want to talk to the government and and try to get rid of these mandates because with them in place, we can't have our lives back.
0: Right, and Mike. I, I talked about this earlier, but it, it seems like the problem that I see is that there's no way that Trudeau can just go back on his word and allow you guys to win. I just I can't see him doing that because then it's you know it, it just opens him up to so much political scrutiny. It'll it'll just kill him. Uh, how do you well, think this thing's gonna end? That's, that's for that's government that's to figure for out. Government
2: to figure out. We just want to end end the mandates. That's our message. And we're gonna we we're end, gonna
3: sit here until mandates. how however long it needs to be. Mm-hmm. But this needs to go away or we might as well all leave the country.
0: Have you seen, I mean, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, in this country, we're watching democrat governors in multiple very blue states in this country ending mask mandates and and there's just this huge push in america to get over all of this and move on and COVID mandates get back to normal even in in a in a uh, magazine called the atlantic which is one of the most liberal magazines we have in this country just an hour ago i saw come across my phone they have uh, a new article out that says we've got to end all the COVID madness the mandates need to stop it's time to just get back to normal you guys, it almost seems we're, we're about a week or two ahead of this this push to, in your direction. I think you guys have way more support in your country than you might even realize.
3: We have so much support; it's unbelievable. We didn't even know till uh, till this whole thing started, and now we see like every day we get approached by God knows how many people thanking us and and, and asking us please to stay. And and this this is the kind of letters that we get from the from the kids every day.
2: Every day, what, there there's no so many at school thanks letters. to help us.
3: Oh, and this, so is
0: this is the fuel. This is the fuel that we need
2: on our fire to keep going. I mean, they're pouring in. There's.
0: We stand with you. We're praying and... for you, and with you. Thank you. Oh, that's something else. You get. Oh, they're
3: begging us to stay. I, and I, and, and, I and we gotta stay here. We gotta get through this.
0: Yeah. This isn't. This isn't just about truckers. This is about everybody in the country. I mean, you no, guys. No, this is are... about
3: everybody. Yeah, exactly. Everybody. Everybody's okay. tired of this. Nobody can live this life any longer.
0: Yeah, I know, and your restrictions—they like they have been Like, just picture tell.
3: after picture, and
2: and it really gets to me. The the young kids, I mean, it's so sad seeing them, just begging for us to stay. And moms and children and women—I mean, women and children—they're just begging us to stay. They they say anything you guys need. They're doing laundry. They're doing bringing food they're baking for us they're offering us to sleep in their house like this has That's never fantastic. happened to truckers like usually the trucker you know nobody wants them around right they tell us to get out of the city and go but every even Ottawa has been very supportive and it's not all the police here I want to say that because there are some good ones and uh yeah there's some supporters yeah. I, I I, I don't know. It's just—it's—it's it's unbelievable the support, just nonstop support. I want to—I want to throw that out there.
0: It's a lot. And it thank is. Thank you to
2: all that are supporting. There is, and tons. you're fighting—you're
0: fighting for a lot of kids out there that have been masked up for two years that haven't seen their friends' faces. They can't understand what their teachers are saying. There's a lot more to it than this. Real quick, what are you guys hearing about uh, about the Super Bowl? Super Bowl Sunday.
2: You know what? We haven't been following a lot of news. We've been living this right here. So.
0: Okay. Well, the the big report is that they're going to do they're going to do the same thing. A trucker protest in this country against the same kind of mandates could start uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. And and, I mean, you guys could have some help. I
2: I am so honored. Excellent, That's excellent. I'm so honored.
0: Yeah, this is
2: we're average Joes. I mean, we're average Joes and we're out here and now we're the center of everything. Uh, We're not used to this. We're not used to this at all. Like, this is just overwhelming.
3: Hardworking Canadians are losing jobs every day over these stupid mandates. And this is, it's just crisis, right? Like, he's gotta stop at some point. And, mm-hmm. and, and he's being blind to to all of this. I just don't understand.
0: Well, Igor and Mike, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for telling the story. We do thank appreciate you very it. Much. We'll follow it, of course. Over and out. Over and out. Thanks, guys. It's something else, isn't it? All right, coming up after the break, the president took an oath of office to protect and defend the constitution. But some might say there's an invasion happening at the southern border. A new opinion from the Arizona state attorney general has a very interesting way that we might be able to shore up things at the United States-Mexico border. That's coming up next.
1: Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people.
0: Let's go into it. All enemies, foreign and domestic and the Constitution. Let's go into that Constitution. This is in the Constitution. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them Against invasion, each of our states against invasion. Well, that's obviously uh, not been met. Texas, Arizona, a piece of New Mexico, I think. Look at this. Look at this. This is real evidence. All right, in case you missed it, that was Greg last week asking a question that nobody was asking Does the Constitution require the president and the government to protect and defend the United States against an invasion? by illegal immigrants which is what we've been having now for about a year it sounds like some powerful people may have been listening the attorney general for the state of arizona just issued a new legal opinion supporting that argument and mark morgan former acting customs and border patrol commissioner and newsmax contributor joins us now to talk more about it mark it sounds like maybe mark bernovich in arizona might have been watching newsmax that night what do you make of this
4: well, I'll, I'll let Mark uh, answer the question for himself, but what I, what I can tell you is, behind the scenes, this is being discussed for quite some time. And look, he, uh, Greg hit it out of the park. First, you have to look at Article 4, Section 4, which is very clear that the federal government has an oath of responsibility to protect the states from invasion. I think most constitutional scholars absolutely agree with that. There's no issue. Now, what happens is is, is then we move, if the federal government advocates or fails in that responsible responsibility, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Then we move to Article 1, Section 10, which says the states have the right to defend themselves if actually invaded. And that's where this really comes down to, is the definition right. of invasion. Uh, and many scholars believe, as you pointed out, as Greg pointed out, that's exactly what's happening in our Southwest border. Well,
0: let's, let's pull up a couple of things here. First off, the federal government has a duty to protect Arizona under the invasion clause. This is from Bernovich, we can put it up here. Uh, the next one here, guys. Therefore, Arizona retains the independent authority under the state self-defense clause to defend itself when actually invaded. Um, I mean, right now we're watching as you know, Texas is attempting to finish the wall in their state. Does this kind of go along the same lines?
4: Yeah, it does. And look, what what the AG calls the the state self-defense clause is that Article 1, Section 10 that I referred to. And look, this is very important. This is about federalism. This is about the very premise of the Constitution. Before the Constitution existed, look, they absolutely, states, had the right to defend themselves. By the ratification of the Constitution, they did not abdicate that responsibility to protect themselves. And that's what this is about right now.
0: What do you, I mean, what can happen here? I mean, it's like, will, will, will these states, I mean, is there anything preventing, I guess, is there anything preventing a state like Arizona from doing the job that the federal government is not doing right now? Could they, could they just start doing it? I mean, if, if Texas is building a wall, you know, why can't Arizona bring in people to start moving people out?
4: Yeah, that's exactly right and make no mistake though the 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 constitutional clause we're talking about this is not immigration law right this is about the state's ability and right to defend themselves from a hostile encroachment from invasion that's what we're talking about and i think many scholars including the ag have said unequivocally Number one, an invasion has happened. Number two, the states have a right to defend themselves against that invasion. That's what we're talking
0: about. It's interesting to see. I want to hear your opinion on uh, this new pilot program called Home Curfew that the Biden administration is starting, because this is just hysterical. In Baltimore and Houston, Team Biden is going to place hundreds of migrants caught at the U.S.-Mexico border on house arrest in the coming weeks, aimed at slashing the costs amid the soaring number of crossings. House arrest for people that are illegally coming into the country. What house are we talking about here? And how just nonsensical is all of this?
4: Uh, I could have said it better myself. It is. It's nonsensical. Let's let's keep in mind, though, because we've heard this a thousand times from this administration, that they, they want an orderly process. Let's make sure it's clear how we define how they define orderly. That means someone, anybody, anybody now that breaks into our country, illegally enters, they're going to be processed and then released as fast as possible. And oh, by the way, they're going to be allowed to be transported anywhere in the United States that they want to go on the backs of US uh, U.S. taxpayers. At the end of the day, they do not believe that anyone should be detained that violates the rule of law and illegally enters our United States. And the house arrest, it's a joke. You know what some version of the house arrest is? They'll give a family a, six, a, se- a family of six, a cell phone, and that's what they call house arrest, or house arrest, or alternative detention. It, it, it's an absolute joke.
0: It is something else. What are they doing? I mean, when you ask the administration, if you ask the White House today, you know, you guys are not enforcing immigration law, and they will look you right back in the face and say, "Yes, we are. We're doing everything that we can to stop the flows of immigration." Where's the disconnect here? I mean, you know, yeah. what, what are they doing? What aren't they doing? Are they lying when they say that?
4: Yeah, so that's the question. Look, I get asked all the time, hey, Mark, as he foreign commissioner, all the, the effort you guys do, you must be very disheartened that, that you, you've seen everything undone and our border is less secure than it's ever been in modern history. I say, yes, absolutely. But equally as frustrated it is. That not only they unsecured our border, jeopardizing uh, uh, you know, our, 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 our nation, is that they're lying to the American people. I mean, everything that comes out of this administration's mouth about the southwest border is an absolute lie. Look, I know you covered this in Del Rio, for example, when we had 10 20,000 Haitians coming across the border. Secretary Marcus was standing there saying the border's closed.
0: It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, that's what's, that's what's astonishing, is that they, they're so capable of lying because they know most Americans are not paying attention. I mean, if you, if you look at the amount of people that are actually reading newspapers and watching the news, it's a small fraction of the amount of people that live here. So they just lie. It's amazing. I agree. Mark Morgan, thank I you so agree. much for taking the time. You bet. Thanks. All right, coming up, what you're seeing right now is a home invasion that took place a few days ago in Brooklyn. It's a smash and grab right here occurring at a mall this week. Guess who just decided that crime is out of control in the United States, though? Here's a hint, he's one of the people responsible for encouraging all of this. And now, he's had enough. Stay tuned.
5: A liberty-loving American takes on Washington, Hollywood, and the whole media establishment. He's Chris Salcedo. Join his fight. Tune in to The Chris Salcedo Show every weekday afternoon on Newsmax.
0: All right. Welcome back. You know, Greg actually took this video a few weeks ago. Uh, He was shocked, as we all are. Look at that. I mean, how much do M&Ms cost? Simple things like candy, deodorant are now under lock and key in a lot of stores in major cities across this country, that's how bad the situation is getting. Apparently the wokest of America's woke leaders are actually taking notice of how ridiculous this is as well. The Reverend Al Sharpton firing a shot at his friend, New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, about all this. It's actually pretty funny that nobody has done more to handcuff police and embolden criminals than Al Sharpton. I think we have it. Let's go ahead and take a listen.
5: You cannot have a culture where people are just at random, just robbing and stealing and is out of control and is put on the front page of newspapers, which only encourages others to do it. Uh, in fairness to Eric, he's only been mayor five weeks. But in uh, uh, but even as unfair to him, Eric, they're locking up my toothpaste.
0: <laughs> oh, he's, he's just so exasperated by all this. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. It's, it's because of people like Al Sharpton we have this problem to begin with. NYPD sergeant and founder of Blue Lives Matter, Joe Imperatrice, is here with us now. You see a soundbite like that from Al Sharpton, and then you think about all of the comments that he's made over the years, how the, the assault that he has led against policing in this country, he's emboldened crime more than almost anybody in this country, and now he's pissed off that his toothpaste is locked up.
1: Well, you're probably not going to hear it much from me, but I'm actually going to agree with him that something's wrong. Sure. When you have the other side come out, obviously it must be a big deal. There's something wrong when everyone across America goes to a store for just normal necessities, and you can't get it out. You need help because you, the person that's abiding by the law, is going to have things thrown your way that's going to make your daily lives worse. So we got to get back to going after the criminals, putting them behind bars, and giving the people that actually respect the law and go by it every single day help them and give them a better quality of life, because it's getting really bad out there.
0: It's getting really bad out there. And, and we've, we've, we've ruined so much. And it's just, it's very frustrating. It, it's ridiculous to me to hear a soundbite like that from him. I mean, he to have the audacity to even say that he's disappointed in something. It's your fault. We see multiple smash and grab incidents occurring all the time now. It seems to be the new norm. We can pull up uh, some examples here. There's a recent home invasion in Brooklyn, New York, caught on video. I mean, look at this. It's just coming in. At a Louis Vuitton store at a high-end New York mall, being that's more of the home invasion there. We've got the Louis Vuitton video here. I mean, they're just marching in. They're taking everything they can, and they're just running out. I mean, I've, I've never seen anything like this. We've created a culture here where people think that they can just run in and steal things. I don't know how we get this back under control. What, what can be done?
1: It's accountability, and we've got to go back to, like, minimum mandatory, especially with firearms. But firearms aren't the only issue happening every single day. It's a big part of it, but you get locked up for a firearm three years. You have a rap sheet bigger than a child book they should be going to jail there's no reason for them being on the streets you know people do not learn bad guys are going to continue to do bad things and until people know that lawmakers and our judges are going to be serious about keeping them in this is going to continue to happen
0: it's unbelievable carjackings another one it's a big story in all over the country at an all-time high in new york nypd 511 carjackings in the five boroughs in all of 2021 it's nearly 10 people being carjacked every single week in New York City. That's where they put a gun up to the side of your car, they pull you out, and they take your car while it's still, in, while it's still running. By comparison, in 2018, there were 112 carjackings. That's a 356% increase uh, in, what, just a few years. It's unbelievable.
1: We have to go back to accountability and bring back not just anti-crime, but bring back conditions units—the guys that go after the small stuff. Yeah. Because when you're looking over your shoulder every single day and thinking the cops are going to stop you and you're going to jail, people are going to stop doing bad things. I promise.
0: I'm worried about though. I mean, in New York, we've got I think a better mayor than we had, yep. but we've got a much worse Manhattan DA, and I don't know how that how that all plays out. I mean, they're going to arrest more people. It seems like they're bringing back the plainclothes unit, which I love. Mm-hmm. But if you're arresting people and they're not getting charged or they're not getting charged with much, what does that mean?
1: You can put as many police officers as you want on the street. But if the bad guys know they're going to be arrested and let out before the officer finishes their paperwork, it's not going to solve any problems. And Eric Adams, I was very proud of him, going back and saying, finally, the mayor of New York City saying, we need to roll back bail reform. We need help from Albany. This is outside of New York. Keep bad guys behind bars. End of story. We're also going to see a lot more victims as we go forward in this year.
0: Right. You know, the one thing I love, the one thing that Adams has on his side is that he's a black man. He can say things and he can make moves that I don't think a white Republican mayor or even a white Democrat mayor could. I mean, you, you talk about bail reform as a white guy, they're going to just they're going to scoff at you. But when he says it, I think it carries more weight. And I think the liberals have to listen to him. The queen of the defund the police movement, uh, Congresswoman Cory Bush, who just had her car shot up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, here he is. Not, here she is not backing down on defunding the police so there are still people out there that are all in on this idea that you guys are the problem with this country and that if you guys would just go away we would all just live in harmony
1: well officers have to realize that don't worry about the politics and the headlines because at the end of the day they're not going to help you with your job we have to make sure that we go home our partners go home and the communities that we serve are safe so for the officers out there continue to go out there do your job properly professionally and respectfully and make sure you're making a difference because people out there really do rely on them
0: yeah. All right. Joe and Paratrice from the NYPD. Sir, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Good to see you. Just in case the pandemic didn't completely destroy America's job creators, the president going to put the nail in the proverbial coffin. We're going to tell you about a Trump era program that's just been scrapped by this White House. Senator Mike Braun wrote an op ed about it. He breaks it down for us perfectly. Coming up next. All right, welcome back. As if the pandemic was not enough to crush the heart and soul of America's small business owners, the president is trying to put the nail in the coffin. Check out this piece in the Washington Examiner. Biden's Labor Department is back to targeting job creators. Why on earth anybody would go after employers at a time like this? I have no idea. Apparently, the Dream Team is tossing out, though, a crucial program that was launched by President Trump, one that encouraged employers to conduct their own payroll audits, and voluntarily report any wage and hour mistakes. Senator Mike Braun is a co-author of that op-ed, along with Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, and he joins us now. Senator, tell us a little bit about this, the paid program, what it did. uh, What is this all about?
5: So when it comes to any wage dispute, uh, Trump had a system in place that actually let employers interact with the Labor Department. Uh, meaning that there aren't that many of them to begin with, and if you do get one, you make sure that you get in compliance. If you were out of bounds, I mean, you might get uh, dinged, you might get a fine or something, but it proactively let the Labor Department and the employer work it out. Now, it's a new template uh, to where they just hit you, if there is a violation, where you don't have a chance to fix it. And it would mean bureaucracy becoming more heavy handed. And imagine that in a time like we've just come through. Remember recently we just escaped the noose in terms of vaccine mandates. That was going to hit all businesses up to or down to a hundred employees. Thank goodness I led the effort in the Senate and the Supreme Court, you know, got rid of that. One thing after another. Rob, it's because The Biden administration is the administration of bigger government, does not appreciate the productive economy. Another example of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it so identifies one of the biggest problems you have with government is that it just does not understand business. And it is run primarily, yourself not included in this, primarily is run by people that have never created jobs, that have never done anything except basically mooch off the system that we've created and just kind of work in Washington and regulate. Uh, Doesn't that identify exactly why you got into this game? Because you wanted to fix all that stuff?
5: Exactly, because when you are blessed, you know, in my case, I— resigned after 37 years, and it was a little business that, after many years of hard work, made it into a national company. Three of my four kids are there running it. That's a blessing with a good young executive team. And every day it's a battle. And Rob, you get to some places, like California, where it's worse than the federal government. So imagine there, or like Massachusetts, when you had extended unemployment benefits. Where their normal benefit was like six, seven hundred bucks. You pop another six hundred onto it. That incentivizes people to stay home and watch Netflix. And where is the work ethic after all of this? And now you get this kind of great idea from the labor department.
0: Doesn't make sense. And they're opting for severe punitive penalties instead of the way that it was done in the past. Is that just a way to drum up more money? I mean, they love to. Get as much cash you know, as they can think, so they can spend it.
5: You know, I don't think it's a cross-government, but there's something about people. Democrats look at the federal government as their cathedral, as a growth business. Never worry about the attendant bureaucracy. And a lot of the folks running these agencies, I did a groundhog report on Biden's key staffers at high levels. These are ones that have been around for decades. Most of them uh, re uh tread from the uh, Obama administration. That is that deep state that's referred to. Trump was at least getting it to where it wasn't as heavy-handed. For every regulation you would put in, you'd get rid of three. It was measurable. They tried to raise the minimum wage from a level that was working, ended up, he did raise it a little bit. They were going to take it so high, it was going to eliminate jobs that the employees lot and the employers worked out.
0: Right. It is something else. And and you you said it perfectly. Democrats look at this country. They look at the government and they say, this thing's great. Let's get more of this. Republicans look at it and say, this thing is terrible. Let's get it as small as we possibly can. That is one of the key differences between the parties. Uh, And I don't don't understand the other side of that thing. And neither do you. Senator Mike Braun, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Welcome back. You've by now heard this whole big hubbub about uh, the Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL. All of this race drama as we get so close to the uh, Super Bowl. What a mess this is for the NFL. Uh, It's just a big black guy they don't need right before the Super Bowl. But there's an interesting point to be made here about the law firm that Brian Flores has hired to represent himself in this lawsuit against the NFL, which, of course, alleges. That there's not enough diversity in the NFL, and there's not enough black coaches in the NFL. And he's making this huge stink about it. He's comparing the NFL to a plantation, and it's utterly ridiculous on all of its faces, and it's even more ridiculous when you take a look at this. Emmanuel Ocho from Fox Sports One puts it so perfectly, enjoy.
5: All of the partners in the law firm mm. are white. Mm. And if you go to the law firm's webpage, every person of the 19 people on that web page, you will not find one black person. So wait a second, Brian Flores. You are suing the NFL because of a lack of diversity. And your representation
0: in suing the NFL lacks diversity. <laughs> I mean, isn't that perfect? Here's the law firm, by the way. Hey, I don't understand. How could it be a good law firm if it doesn't look like the United Nations? But Brian Flores, why did you hire them? Maybe you should have the same standards for your law firm as you do for the NFL. Maybe it should be based in merit. I don't know. Whatever it is. It's a very, very, very funny story. I'm Rob Schmidt filling in for Greg tonight. I've got a show at 10 p.m., it's coming up here in just a couple of hours. I hope you join me. I'll be back for that show as well. That's not a good picture. My hair's too long. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll We'll see you at 10. And then tomorrow again.